This is Couples Therapy, a podcast from me, Richard, and my husband, Steve, where we jump in and cover real and honest challenges in life and relationships. We'll cover romantic relationships, friendships, work, families, kids, pets, everything in between, everything that you need to live your best life. This is Couples Therapy. Hello. Hello. We both have beverages. What's your beverage? Just vodka. Oh, that glass looks empty. It's not empty. Oh, I just hit the, the microphone. Sorry, peeps. And you have a what? Uh, sparkling rosé. All right. I'm very bougie. If we're not taping. We should. It's a little chilly. We could be taping outside. Maybe someday. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's a lot of noise and the neighbors, dogs, and <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so it's been, uh, <laughs> someone ended up at the doctor again. Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, just another thing, another earache. And what happened? I'm just, on medicine. Just more drugs. Yep. Nothing crazy. <laughs> so, um... Steve took a predictive index assessment, not really test, but an assessment. I had to do one a couple months ago as well. It's, for those of you who haven't taken it, it's a series of questions <laughs> that asks you, like, how you, how you view yourself, how... And how others view you. Yeah, and it's like, they give you, at least for me, they gave you, like, a list. It's like 70 and, words. And you had to select the ones that were most applicable yep. to you or what you thought. And it, this is not an aptitude <clears throat> test. This is not a skills or knowledge. It's It's a... It's just, it's a way to gauge how you work, um, your approach to work, your approach to relationships. And some companies use it to decide, is this the right fit? Some just do it so that it's easier and helpful for teammates and managers to work with you because then they can see like what you need and how to communicate with you. So we, 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 we compared our numbers uh, the other night. And there's a measurement that uh, is all about um, mental stress. Um, and it's a scale of 20 to 150. 20 means you, your, your body like does not want to have mental interruptions. Um, and 150 means your body can handle as many mental interruptions as the world can throw at you and you function just <laughs> fine. So my number was a 91. Um, Steve's number was a 39. <laughs> so like I was giving this, this report to Steve the other night and he was losing his shit on the couch. I mean, it's very true. Like even, it is. Even watching how, like ever since I've taken, or ever since we talked about it, like what looking um, objectively at myself when I'm working during the day, interruptions piss me off. Or like um, uh, unscheduled meetings at last yeah. minutes yeah. with no time to prep, right? That annoys that's, me. Like that's a... That's a big stressor for me yeah. because... It's and it's funny looking at the rest of those qualities that the that the whatever this indexed um, measured. You can actually see why those were like why I am that way because I am very like well, I forget I don't have the report in front yeah. of me, but it said something like I'm protective of the brand. Yes, like, you are. Yep, you're I, protective and, and I'm very cautious and yep. careful when I'm 
make steps in my yeah. work. Um, and that's so true. Yeah. Just in marketing, there's just so many like laws and things you have to follow. And so I'm just, I'm very yeah. conscious about that. Yeah. Um, so like when someone says, Hey, I want to do this. And I don't care what you say. You're I need like, it done by tomorrow. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. no, no, no. And that just stresses my brain out. And then I need to shut down. Um, so I was losing my shit though, because the way that Richard posed it to me was that I can't remember what you said, but it was something like, <laughs> uh, God, I, I think I posed it as like, I talk, I, I did reference stress, how you, how your body handles stress. And like, if you have like, until your brain starts to get worn out is how it was presented to me. And so like brain worn out. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning I get worn out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were, I was crying. I was, which I don't hard. think I guess I get worn out real quick. I think it's just my brain is not welcoming of, uh, the unknown. Sure. Yeah. And whereas like, I, so like there was one measurement on there of like how you make decisions. Um, and it's, do you, are you objective or subjective? And you were way more objective than I am. Uh, when I'm it comes, more in the mi- I'm in the middle, but more towards the objective side. Right, and I was I was like 50 percent away the other way to the subjective, subjective right, side. Right, like I want a little bit of numbers, but I can start to feel good, and I'll just go. And I, which, which is, is weird. super interesting when you view other things, because like in other parts of our life, I don't feel like you're that subjective. I feel like you're more objective when it comes to politics. So when it comes to politics, yes. Finance. But finance is like I understand our, our strategy, but I'm more willing and there was there was part of it on here like how do you view risk or whatever and yeah. like you are much less risk tolerant, which is why you're objective. Yeah. As to me being subject like I have faith and confidence in our strategy. I have yeah. to just trust that the numbers are gonna work out and yeah. you know the strategy's right. But I took a a um, um, I don't know what you call this, but like it's the strength finders test. Yeah. At my last job, and I'm always want, like now I'm curious like how do those things align? Yeah, to how, compare the notes on those things. Like and, how do I how do these five? Yeah. Or you know these five strengths align to how my the, brain the, works? Yeah, and like so they're a little different though because like this, it's not judging your strengths so much as it's judging your process. True. Um, which is very different. Um, True. But I, and I, I want to do the strengths finder. I've never done that one, but. It's good. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my faves. So it's been kind of a, aside from the doctor visit, which was not ER, it was just a doctor visit. Uh, Kennedy's doing well. The dog's doing well. Yeah. We went to the Tulip Festival, which was almost a washout. I mean, it was, we pretty much went to look at the flowers for five minutes, got treats and left. Like yeah. it was. It's it cold and dreary and pretty not much, much a wash. fun. Yeah. So, so. Richard it was chose... it was just it was just good to be out. Yes. What did I choose? You chose the topic for Yes, today. I chose the topic for today. Um it is Mental Health Awareness Month this month. Um and <laughs> and we have talked off and on throughout this entire show about uh various mental health challenges we both have had, our families have had, our friends have had. Um, so I thought it would be good to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, it may get a little heavy, so uh, pre-warning, I suppose. But I think it'll just be more informative than heavy. It's also check your deck month. Thanks it's for deck, that. Deck awareness month, <laughs> oh if God. anyone's curious. Who the hell knew that was a thing? <laughs> well, hey. go out and check your deck, everybody. Yep. And we will be right back after this. 
Do you know someone who's been impacted or diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia? Now is your chance to make a measurable impact on the research and care and support of these diseases. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes to support my bike ride around Des Moines on June 20th in honor of the longest day. The longest day is the summer solstice. The the day that shines the most is the day that we're going to raise the most. And I would appreciate your support. This money goes directly into the community for the care and support groups, for the trainings that we do for volunteers for those care and support groups, to the 24-hour Alzheimer's hotline, and to find a cure for Alzheimer's and all other dementias. Again, I appreciate your support. This is our third year hosting this bike ride, and it's so important now, maybe more than ever, that we raise these funds to continue to do the great work that the Alzheimer's staff and volunteers do here in Des Moines and across the country. Again, the link is in the show notes to support my longest day bike ride to support Alzheimer's and all other dementias. Thanks for your time. So, as as I said, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, if there's one thing that I want to make sure that that Kennedy has as she grows up and becomes an adult, it's not only access to mental health, but understands that, for lack of a better phrase, it's okay to not be okay sometimes, and you can be vocal about that, or you can not be vocal about that, but know that that there's a support system, that there's help, there's we are a, a open family. Um, and so talking about this topic, I think is just super important for anyone who is really anyone single dating, married kids, no kids. Um, I think it's super important to be aware and be able to talk about it. Um, NAMI, the national, um, Alliance on mental health, the theme this year for mental health awareness month is, um, uh, you are not alone. Um, I, I prefer the phrase, it's okay to not be okay. And I use that a lot when I talk to people or, or post messages about mental health. Um, but it's true. Like the, the, the numbers don't lie. Um, on average, I want to give some stats out there and then we'll dive into some, some thoughts from Steve. Um, on average, one in five, so 20% of us adults experience mental health illness each year. Okay. So 20%. Uh, one in 20 experience a serious mental health uh, illness each year. I would be curious to understand those classifications. So they, their website do, dove into that a little bit in terms of what those are and, and everything, but I did not take notes on all that because that was a lot of note-taking. Um, but it, it deals with just like general depression, major depressive episodes. Um, is it bipolar? Does, like there's a, It goes into a lot of numbers, and then it breaks it out by ethnicities and stuff like that. So... Um, and one in six youth, uh, which they, they define youth as, um, six to 17, uh, one in six youth will have, um, a mental health, uh, issue every year. And so this is not a small thing, right? Um, and again, it, there, there's, uh, racial, there's uh, socioeconomic, there's gender that raises and lowers the, the incidence, but, and you can look at it in any, any number of ways personally in your relationships um what caused it so i just i just want to lay a big one in, on the table for you um how are you today 
and better lately. Um, so for those of you who have not listened to when our podcast was called Fuck Is Our Mantra, um, I was actually diagnosed with uh, severe depressive disorder. Oh, I want to say it's two years ago. I think it was fall of 2019. Because it, was it right? <clears throat> was no, it? Fall, of, fall of 2018. So it was a year before Kennedy. Or no, no right, right before she was born. No, months. it wasn't. No, it wasn't because it was stemmed from losing, us losing that first baby. Right, so it would have been the fall. Or was it after she was born? It was after she was born. Okay, so, so sometime spring 2019. Uh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> was put on uh, one medication. Didn't work for me. We upped it. Didn't work. Changed that didn't work, changed again. <laughs> um, it's very emblematic of what happens when you're treating mental mental health issues. Yeah, and the, the the struggle was it's hard to identify them until you're able to identify them. I know that sounds really stupid sounding, but <laughs> like you don't necessarily, for me, here's a really good, uh, for example, I, I've always been a sleeper. Ever yeah, since I was a little yeah. little tiny baby, like I would love sleep. I would fall asleep on the dryer when it was running. I've always been a big napper that has nothing to do with depression. It's just my body likes naps. And it's um, what's happened in the past, <clears throat> whatever that was, been two, <laughs> three years, is it's blurred the lines between who am I as just as a person as I've always been and what are my symptoms of depression. Yeah. So for me... Napping was a huge one. I didn't think it was napping because I've just always liked to sleep. Yeah. Um, but I was sleeping longer, three or four hours. Yeah. Um, it was probably getting to be a little bit more of a need than a want or like, oh, this is, I just want to feel refreshed. Yeah. Um, but, but that was a hidden, and that's what I mean by you don't know what until you know it. Right. Because I didn't know. That wasn't a change necessarily for no, you? But it yeah. was... I didn't, it happened so slowly right. that you don't even know what's happening. And I don't even think you knew it was happening. I just, was, no, I just it was just, oh, Steve's but napping. I, but I think what you just said, though, is so, uh, it, that's 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 mental illness for the most part at its core. Like, it happens so slowly. Now, sometimes, like, it, it, it'll hit and you'll fucking know it. But a lot of times, it's, it's a slow burn. It just yeah. slowly ekes its way into your system. And then you realize, oh, fuck, I'm six feet under already and i've got a yeah i think the other the other flip side of this is there's you can look internally and define ways that you know something's up so for me and i still even struggle with this every to to this day is a outside of my my family my husband and my daughter and my work my daily job i really don't have the initiative to do much else I used to, like when we were living in New York, I wanted, I had my own business and I was always going out every weekend and traveling who knows how far to meet people and shopping. And, uh, now there's like zero drive to do anything. Um, in part that's because, um, that's because it's just a lack of desire. Like I just, it's just not there, but also there's a part of, as I'm coming out of this, starting to feel better, it's a protective state because what you don't want to do is feel better get right back in and just overextending yourself and ignore your mental health the whole time yeah um and so we have you know our t-shirt company brooke and co i have really no desire to do anything with right now and it's not because i hate it or it's you know 
boring necessarily. It's just, it's, it's something that is a suck for me that takes too much of my time that could sacrifice mental health. And so I think there are, there are things that um, are recognizable about yourself if you're open to looking at your own character and your change, the change in your mental state. Um, but luckily, about ten days ago, I came. I decided to, well, I guess four weeks ago, I came started to taper off of my depression medication per the doctor's instructions. Like I didn't do that on my yeah. own. Always talk to your doctor, people. Yes. Um, uh, just because it was always the plan. Actually, it was the plan to go off of them last fall and then COVID happened and we were heading into a winter time. So he was concerned about <laughs> being inside all the time, yeah. all, you know, all summer and then going into a winter where I, you can't get out and yeah. do things. Um, so he kept me on them until spring just because a big our part of pulling yourself out of depression is being active yeah. outside, working out, going for a walk, just being up and active. So, um, Pulling myself off of that, and actually, I was actually went to the doctor this week for the ear infection. I was like, I actually feel better off of the medication. Yeah. Um, and she was kind of shocked. She was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think it's because I've started to do. You know, it's warmer out, right? I'm I'm outside more. I'm more active again. Um, I feel like they did correct a chemical imbalance in my brain, uh, which that doesn't mean that I'm." 100% better. I don't think necessarily I'll, and I'll always ever be 100% better again. I think it's always going to be a struggle and something I have to monitor. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good. I think it's a, a welcome to change after <laughs> two years of yeah. literally like crawling in the trenches yeah. and feeling sad every day and crying for no reason and all the things. Yeah. All the things. So obviously this came to a head with the loss of our first baby. I'll just, yep. if, if I oversimplify, please correct me, but I'm going to try and simplify this for, for folks. So it came to a head two years ago. Um, my guess it was probably building before that happened. Um, but, but going all the way back, when do you recognize for you that in your life you, you encountered your first mental health struggle battle depression like what's what was that for you i don't think i necessarily knew what it was until i started to feel like i didn't want to do anything anymore yeah but there were signs there were signals that were given to me much earlier than that um one was an uh, an abusive boss named casey from unity point health uh yep i'm putting her on blast tonight (laughs) um incredibly abusive uh in every way and uh <clears throat> she, I, I had noticed that some of her abusive tactics were really starting to um, have an effect on um, how I viewed myself, which is was kind of the first red flag. Um, it really started to um, cause me to judge my self-worth, which when you question and uh, essentially... Um, devalue your self-worth you don't you lose motivation to do anything and so that was you know that was the um, summer of 2018 and uh, I think that's where those red flags started to to fall 
and well, I should say pop up actually and yeah. say, hey, little, you know, hey, motherfucker, you better pay attention to this. And I didn't because I didn't know what they were. I just thought that I had a terrible well, boss and I was wanting to get out. And we were also, you know, you had the professional stuff, but you had the personal shit. We were, we had been selected to adopt a baby. So like there was this, this high over here yep. and this pile of shit over here and you yep. can mask the pile of shit yep. with some good shit. Yep. <laughs> I mean it, yeah, and, and that's, that's true. I think there was so much good things happening right. that I chose to ignore right. the flags. Yeah. Um, which is hard to do. It's hard to, it's hard not to do that because I think we naturally want to focus on good things. Yeah. And especially if, like for us, it was a baby, a fucking it was big, a, big fucking deal. It's a big, good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was a huge yeah. deal in our lives. That was like something that was culminating for years. So it was, I think it was easier for it to mask mm-hmm. other things. Um, not try, that I'm trying to make excuses by any means, but, um, and so then obviously that led to, uh, we lost that baby and then we kind of got swung into the holidays and then bam, there comes the notice of Kennedy and truth be told people that are listening, our marriage suffered because we didn't deal with the loss of that baby. Um, I don't know, I hope it's okay to say this, but we had to, we had to do some counseling together. Sure we talked about it already, I'm sure. Oh, okay. We had to do counseling because we just weren't, we weren't good. And I think a lot of it stemmed from this loss that we didn't deal with. And for me, and the de- the personal depressive side, it was the eight, nine months prior to that yeah. of <laughs> complete shit, excuse me. Um, and so uh, that being said, I've learned so much from those 10 months of, of time. Uh, insane. Probably one of the most learned, learned parts of my life. Yeah. Uh, how I value myself, how I look at myself, how I allow others to judge me, how I allow things that I can't control to impact my well-being, like a loss of a baby. Um, it's hard. And the thing is, I think people think that you just take medicine <laughs> and it corrects the imbalance and you're better. And the thing is, it's not. It takes, obviously, exercise if you're able. Um, it takes the ability to... make mental corrective changes which is so hard for me i struggle with that so much yeah i still tell myself steve you don't deserve this job yeah or steve what are well, you what are you doing well we talked about that we were on a walk yesterday and we talked about this i this 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 concept of trauma professionally and the fact that you know i i had a, a trauma in work um 2013 so eight years ago now um and there are pieces of that that I that still sit there, um, under the surface, and yeah. um, so it's something that doesn't go away. I don't. It can it can change and it can evolve and soften over time, but I think much like whether it's a personal situation or just a, a thing you're dealing with um, internally that's causing mental stress, mental health issues, um, they, they don't just go away, right? That they sit there, yeah. Um, sometimes way below the surface for long periods of time, and then they come back to the top. And yep. that's the challenge: is under is to your point, recognizing that it's happening, and then refocusing yourself of okay, this is happening. Does it mean I need to go back to the doctor? Do I need to go back to therapy? Do I need to get outside more? Do I, like what is that response? So, like a question I want to ask you: uh, Have you thought about 
how how um, you personally can approach the next time this happens for you, if it happens another, you know, again, or like what what what'll be. Well, meditation has helped a lot. So, like, it's not a matter of if I'll recognize it, it's a matter of when. Um, I will say meditation personally has been, I thought it was really granola and corny when I first started, and it is mentally life-changing. Yeah. Because it forces you to stop if you if you commit to it and do it right. It forces you to stop and reevaluate how you're feeling, not only emotionally, mentally but physically everything you really kind of look at that and be like i'm not okay today yeah and so i think for and me that's okay yes <laughs> <laughs> the thing is it is okay to feel that way it's just a matter of are you brave enough to do what you need to do to accept that and embrace it if yeah. you need to yeah and uh do your best to correct it yeah. and learn from it so for me, it's more of like, it, this would take its form of like, you know what, I'm this week has been hard. Uh, I know that I have X amount of vacation days planned, you know, and we like, but I have to take a vacation day here. Because at some point, that's the other thing is like when it comes to work, right? We all have, let's just say you have three weeks off given to you every year. And you have two of those weeks off planned for vacation to another country. Right. Well, then you have a kid who gets yeah. sick during the winter time, <laughs> and then you have dog who has a surgery, and like all the stuff that gonna suck your time. And you you tell yourself, I can't take that because I need it for something else. Right. That's the illness speaking. Yeah. FYI. Yeah, it is. Because for me, I I would have to say, Richard, we need to talk about days off because next time gets Canada gets sick, I need you to stay home because I need to take a long weekend this weekend. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. there's some, yeah. it's just about having hard conversation time sometimes and knowing where you are. And so for me, I don't think I'm going to, I think there'll always be a part of me that will be susceptible to depression. Sure. sure. But I think I'm more keen on what causes or stems it, at least what has in the past yeah. to be like, Ooh, no, yeah. no, no, yep. not doing that, taking a day off or I'm going to get a massage, yeah. you know, or whatever. So I have a, a follow-up to that, but I do want to make a point. I saw on Twitter today a mom post that um, she'd been traveling or had some late work deadlines or something, so she hadn't seen her kids in like a day and a half or something. And she said that she was leaving work early, and she had a choice. She could tell her team that she had errands to run or needed to go take care of something, but she said, I made a choice to tell my team, I haven't seen my kids, I'm going home to see my kids. Yep. So just like what you just said... The value to a team, if you can go to your boss or your team, if you're the boss, and say, you know what, I just need a day for me, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like the more employers and bosses that can that can be like, do like do it, like go do it. I Honestly, need you to be like healthy and happy and here. Like, I have a friend Jennifer who does who's struggled with this as well, and the thing is, we would both tell you if you need five days. Yes. If you need to go rent a hotel room and take five days to get away from the world to reset yourself, it may cost you $500 (laughs) to rent that hotel room. But let me tell you, that $500 is going to save you 
for years. We, we, we talk about, we, and I wanted to talk about this, A, because it's, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and both Steve and I have had, had our challenges, and um, it, we, you know, he's gone to the doctor a bunch this year, and we all have our annual checkups and have blood drawn and blood pressure and all that shit, and, and we all do it. But the number of people who don't take the time to emotionally check in, right? Yeah. We check everything in our bodies but our brains. Yeah. And it's and it's so important to do that. So I want to I want to circle back. How can you can talk about me specifically or just generally to anybody? What advice guidance would you have for a significant other of someone who is who is going through challenging mental periods? Uh, and if I sucked, I apologize. <laughs> no, I think I think there's going to be nuances to every couple. Uh, absolutely. And so what you and I may struggle with are the things that I may need from you, although they would probably seem insignificant to you. Do I need to make dinner? No. Okay. But like, <laughs> I mean, we can go there if you want to go there. Um, I think the first of all is ask, talk to your partner, especially if they learn they've got diagnosed and they trust you with that information. Yeah. Right. Um, a. Don't try to fix them. Yeah. Your job is to sit there and listen. Um, I would say if you can recognize the signs, if they're open to it, ask them what signs of depression for them may look like. Because at some point, if they're upset or if they, if you notice they're checking out, or maybe for like me, if they've had four naps in a row that are four four hours a day, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. That's probably a tall telling sign of, babe, how can I support you? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's not a matter of what can I do, right? They never want to say what can I do because people don't want you to fix them. Yeah. Most of the time they just want you to listen. And it's, you know, what can I do? And if they say nothing, be like, then your response is, if you need anything, I, I want you to tell me. Yeah. I don't care if you have to wake me up at 3 a.m., I want you to yeah. tell me what it is. Um. You know, and I think the other part is recognize where things may be stressful for your partner in your relationship that may be hindering that type of communication. So for me, finances are something that gives me uh, internal stress about talking to you about. We've been married a long time. I still get stressed about that. Not that I think you're going to blow up at me or anything. You've you've only done, done that once, and it's because I spent money, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and hit it. <laughs> and hit it, yes. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, for me, it's like if I told you, hey, I have to go take two days away in a, in a hotel, right? Your first question to me is probably going to be, well, where are we going to get that in the budget, right? I, 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 so just saying, I'm just giving. It would it. be in my head. I don't think I'd ask it because I would recognize okay. something's going on. Well, I'll I'm figure it out. You, as the person who struggles yeah. with it, yeah, that's my stress. Yeah, yeah. Of like, okay, he's going to worry about the money, which is going to make me worry about what he thinks about me spending the money. Yeah, which is going to me then tell myself, well, if he's going, if that stress is going to be there, it's probably not worth. Yeah. Act. Right, right there. Yeah. Because yeah. You're, what you're saying is, Steve, you're not worth the stress of him having to find the money. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's that's the bullshit and the loop, uh, the type of loops that we put ourselves in yeah. to talk ourselves out of our self-care. And I 
will I'm willing to bet that every person listening to this right now can identify rationalizing themselves yeah. out of self-care yeah. on some level. Partner, par- partner, no partner, kids, no kids, whatever. Uh, we've all done it. Um, and to me, that's where my my ask of you would be like, if you see me rationalizing myself out of self-care, force me to do it. Yeah. Right? Throw cash in my face or <laughs> like seriously say no. Well, I know that like it. I have... <laughs> Not specific to this, but I, I do try and make sure that, that you have a free pass, whether you're sick or, or I can tell that you're stressed at work, that um, if you want to leave the house and leave Kennedy and me alone, go do it. Or if you want us to leave and you just have that, like, I try and make it clear that, like, that's yeah. part of my role and I'm happy to, to do that. Um, it was a lot harder with COVID uh, <laughs> to, to do any of that shit. Yeah. But I think I think that's one thing that, that we'll get better at now that we're you know, back open and we can take that time if needed and, and be, have that kind of support. So. I mean, and I think once the, once your significant other starts to recognize and start to understand themselves, they're going to probably make you do things like today. I was just like, we're going for a walk. I didn't, didn't know if you didn't want to, but we're going. I didn't because, have to go, but I wanted to go. Well, I know, yeah. but like I'm going for a walk yeah. because I need to go for a walk. Yep. Um, I meditated over lunch today because I knew we were going to record the podcast tonight. Like, it's, uh, you know, that's another thing. Like, don't let your work enslave you. Take your lunch hours. Take every single minute of your vacation every year. Yep. Like, suck them dry, right? That's what what you signed on for. And that's a big, I think in America, it's a big part of why. It is. So many people struggle. It's because we don't take the time. Yeah. So... Um, there are going to be some links and phone numbers in the show notes, um, for you. Um, if you want just information, if you need help, uh, please do check those show notes. Um, cause we generally want the best for, for all of you. So any last words from you? You going to tell them about your depressive struggles? If you want to ask, I'm asking, <laughs> uh, I've never been actually treated. I went to therapy. Uh, when I was 25 or 6. Uh, and then obviously Steve and I went a couple of years back. Um, mine stemmed um, from the the coming out process and, and that whole thing that we've talked about on a previous episode. Um, and it had suicidal ideation, um, which is scary. Um, just even think, think back to, um, and it wasn't just a one-time deal. It was a short period when I was a teenager and a short period when I was in college. I vividly remember a time when, um, a, a friend said, oh, you should just go take a drive. And it's like, I can't get behind the wheel right now because mm-hmm. like I had shit in my head and it's like, I couldn't, I knew that. Um, and so, um, as, as a older adult, it, for me, it manifests, um, and just worrying about every little fucking thing when it happens. Um, so like we, we, we've talked about it. We had a rough, rough entry to 2021. Um, and so that was a period where I knew that Steve was in a, in a rough place. And so I had, I, I had to mask it and, and somehow get through each day and not let it overtake me. Cause I had to be strong for Steve and the family this is when I was in the hospital. Right? No, no, no. This was January when we lost their job and oh. 
the hospital. That I mean, I was worried about you for your health, but not okay. Yeah, no. Um. So 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 for me, it, it manifests in more um, worry about shit that I can't control, and I know that when it's going in my head. Like I I fundamentally know not to worry about it. Um, but then what that does is it just cre- it just creates this loop of worry and like that 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 um, bad things would happen or, or I'm not good enough or um, if the worst thing happens what the fuck are we gonna do like it just it just overtakes and for me it's it's five days seven days ten days and I it it, it works itself out usually um, and I usually become a pretty big bitch probably. <laughs> Um, but those are, so like now, like the, the first iteration, um, uh, sexual orientation doesn't, that doesn't cause any problems anymore. I'm pretty comfortable (laughs) in my skin now. And so now it's more just, uh, life that causes it for me. Curious. Is it financial life that mostly causes it? Um, sometimes. Cause I mean, that that can trigger it when it comes to like the loss of a job. Yeah. The biggest loss there is the income. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, that was that was part of that one. I think other times it's um, it could be health related. Um, it's obviously career professional trauma that that can. You kind of checked out last year when you had the stomach problem mentally. Did I? To us, yes. Oh, okay. I I legitimately thought I was going to die. Yeah, you were in pain, so I don't necessarily blame you. <laughs> uh, so I've seen that. In that was s- less mental health as opposed to... No. <laughs> yes, but you mentally checked out. Yeah. Because I you couldn't. Were, like, I... Yeah. I was giving Kennedy bath and hurling in the toilet. Like, I... Gross. <laughs> 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 no, like I, I mean, I worry about shit that I shouldn't worry about. Um, but that's all. A, everybody does that. It's a matter of how do you how do you let it. Go. I got to get you on some meditation. Let it control you. There is some meditation just specifically about worry. So I, I think, yeah, for me, it's it's a lot better than it was for me, which is good. Good. Yeah, we won't even talk about trauma. Is probably another whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, a lot of tra- trauma can lead to a lot of depressive stuff, yeah. but or mental health. I shouldn't even say yeah. depressive, but mental health issues. Um, but it's you know, trauma is a trigger. A hundred percent. And the thing is, like, uh, as I was as we were talking, I was walking yesterday. I was thinking to myself, like, maybe what we need to do is recognize the things that make us feel like there has been a traumatic experience. Right? Yeah. It could be, for you, it could be as something as simple as a flat tire. Yeah. For me, it could be riding on an airplane. Yeah. I'm just making shit yeah, up here. Those but are like, not triggers for us. <laughs> they're not triggers for us, but it could be something that causes trigger for someone else. Right. And maybe part of this is saying, this is what caused me a, to trigger on some sort of traumatic experience of whatever yeah. that is defined by me. Yeah. And then in those, after those moments subside, say, okay that was a trigger here's a checklist right right for those people who are a little more type a like myself here's the things i need to think about yeah so i yeah like for for me i'll I'll just make a quick reference um professionally like part of my job is sending out emails to a, a membership list okay fine it's not a big deal how many people now it's um uh, 250,000 people so not a small email list um 
and so like we sent out a message on monday i think and i sent a message to the team i'm like who who approves this and the the webimo guy's like oh, i usually have this so-and-so approve it I'm like that's it <laughs> i'm surprised i didn't say you do <laughs> I, I was waiting for it uh, but i had I, that to me it's not like a huge trigger, but it's always anxiety goes up. A, because it's going out to a lot of people, and if there's a mistake, it's a bad thing. Um, and B, because I have been fired from a job before for for quality or whatever you want to call it. So, like, yeah. there is that fear. Yeah. And I'm in this business. I'm in it for I the long haul. I think everybody can relate to that when you have, like, I, a mass email. Yeah, like... I, Even when you have, like, 15 people on an email, you're just like, ooh, ooh i yeah. got to make sure I get this so, right. It's, it is absolutely. Uh, you're right. There, there are certain triggers, and you and, and you have to over time recognize what those are and do your best to not put yourself in the situation or understand that I'm going to be here. It's going to happen. What, what do I need to do? To- I saw a girl on TikTok yesterday. Uh, she was lying on the floor, face down, and talking into her camera and saying that every time she gets off a phone call, like a a Skype call or whatever. She has to lay down because for her, that type of interaction is is mentally exhausting and it stresses her out so much. So she talked to her counselor about it. She went to, she's in therapy. She talked to her therapist about it. And her therapist said, first of all, flip over into Shavasana, which is a yoga. Yeah. You just lay on your back with your hand, with your paws up. Paws. My paws. Your palms (laughs) up. Um, But she was like that. The fact that you know to lay down, yeah, that is your. It is an automatic self trigger or self care trigger. Self care, yeah, yeah. And she, her therapist was like, "I'm proud of you for doing yeah. that." So when I had my physical last year, it was in August, I think. Um, so it was like height of COVID. Um, our doctor asked me how I was doing. I asked mental health questions, which they never ask in a general physical. Um, so I hope that I hope they actually keep it up. Um, but then he asked, "What are you doing to like?" maintain um and for me it's always working out or doing something physical and i've really stopped doing that the last two months and i've, I've recognized it hasn't really impacted me in a negative way other than i've added a few pounds um but i i mentally know that i need to go for a run i need to do something so this weekend i'm doing something i don't know what it is <laughs> but it's got to happen do it That's and right. i feel guilty leaving you and kennedy but I know it's stupid. Her and I are like best friends. We're fine. She just hates me. (laughs) (laughs) We're fine. We can go cook something. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, I think for everybody listening, I think our big biggest ask, and like said, there'll be like Richard said, there will be information in the notes of um, of this episode. Is grant yourself. Give yourself the permission to even just take 10 minutes, five minutes a day and say, how, how was I mentally today? Yeah. How do I feel like I was sad? Sometimes it's just a journal, right? I've seen people who just have like little checkbox journals and they just want to check out how they, you know, check the box, how they felt that day. Some people create Google forms. I have my friend, oh, I've seen friend that. Yeah. Wes. Skippy and Skippy does it too. <clears throat> they just create a Google form of yeah. how they feel and if they've done things that make them feel yeah. good, and then they tabulate the data after three months and and look at look at what's, what's happening. been happening. Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to see it every day. Yeah, 
And so it's just take five minutes to fill out a form or just, you don't even have to do anything. Just sit back and ask yourself a question. Yeah. How did I do today? Um, I feel like that is a huge five minute step into a world of better emotional and, and, uh, mental wellbeing that I wish someone would have told me three years ago. Yeah. Which is why I opened the episode by saying that I hope our, our household is a, a safe place and a uh, place where uh, anyone can come and talk about their mental health, but but especially our daughter. I don't think you have to hope our house is that, and anyone listening can't come. Yeah, um, we extend our house our house to all of our friends. I don't care what time they come over; just come over. I'd rather you come over and be safe with us. Yeah, and to talk and let me be tired the next day. Yeah. Than to have you go through two years of depression and having to take medication and trying to figure out if you're worth all of it. And like, that's just not, that's just not, let's just not go there. So come here, wake me up, (laughs) wake us up. We'll get Kennedy up too. We'll have a party. Like she's already up. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, friends, we love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, check on yourself today and, uh, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. As always, you can follow us online. We are on Instagram at Richard and Steve, and also on Twitter at Richard and Steve. And when you find us there, we often tag our personal profiles there as well, so you will be able to go find us wherever we are, where we post about baking and dogs and our daughter and work and life and the lawn and everything in between. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being fans of this show. We love you all. Be well.